From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here with you this morning. A couple uh, or three days away from Ole Miss and Auburn at the College Bowl Series. That is uh, Saturday night, 6 o'clock start time for that. So we'll talk a couple of different baseball things. We'll, we'll move on a little bit, some other things as well. You guys had some good questions for Neil and his mailbag, so I want to uh, focus on those a little bit. Got some kind of some national stories going on. The MLS signing a, a huge broadcast rights deal with Apple. Not really about soccer, but about business, whether that pertains to something else. I want to talk about that a little today. Um, I know Neil was very upset that uh, Michaelis lost his no-hitter for the Cardinals with two outs in the ninth inning last night um, as the uh, the Pirates hit a, a ground rule double to uh, to break up that one strike away from a no-hitter for, uh, for, for Michaelis last night. So, uh that and more today coming up on the show. Thanks for everybody coming in in the stream. And the show is brought to you every day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. You know, to uh, download the Exxon mobile app, when you do that, you get 1,000 bonus points. 1,000 bonus points means 10 bucks, even at the pump you're filling up at the time. With today's prices, it's a good time for that. Get a little help there at the pump with the Oxford Exxon and the Exxon mobile app. Lunch specials, 569, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drink, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford Studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Um, call that number, and um, once you get your quote, you can do what you'd like with it. You can do what I've done, which is what I would recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today. You will uh, love the product. You'll love the service. Uh, Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call, 662-257-1900. Uh, guest, we have a lot of guests coming up here in the next 24 to 48 hours. Join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to um, grab a burger, a po' boy, an appetizer, get out of the heat, enjoy a beer, full bar, and more at Rafters. We're going to watch the games. Um, you got the NBA Finals on Thursday night. You got obviously the college baseball Saturday and Friday and Saturday, I should say. And you got U.S. Open. There's stuff going on, so you can just get out of the heat and enjoy that. Also, Rafters New Albany, and then don't forget Rafters on the Water as well. I'm sure Sardis will be quite busy this weekend. If you're out there, stop by Rafters on the Water, grab a margarita or a beer or a burger or whatnot, and tell them that you heard about it here on the Oxford Exxon podcast. I would have assumed you would have seen Grease. Never seen. A little surprised you didn't see Grease. Nope, I've never seen it. You know me and pop culture, man. Yeah, no, I know. I I I don't mean to fall behind on pop culture, but I'm woefully behind. Forty-two years, nineteen seventy. Yeah, it's it's a musical too. Like it's. Yeah, well, it's musical. Yeah, Yeah. I mean that's not not my thing at all. It's fine. Somebody in the mailbag asked if uh, Neil believed the theory about the movie. was something he believed in that Sandy drowned at the beach and was in a coma during the entire movie. Um, I get how you get there, but my hunch is that is not uh, that is not an accurate representation of what the director had in mind when he was uh, when he was doing that. I've actually seen it. I've seen obviously I've seen the movie, but I've seen the musical as well, um, like theater production. Fine. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Okay. 
Uh, Ole Miss losing here. I mean, losing. Oh, no, it's not yet. They're leaving this morning for the College World Series. Uh, they have to be there today, flying out uh, this morning. I guess getting on the bus, frankly, right now, I think, sometime between 8 and 8.30 this morning. Um, so they are uh, headed there. They have uh, practice tomorrow, and then obviously games start on Friday. They play on Saturday. I know we'll all be very, very shocked by this, but Ole Miss announcing yesterday that Dylan DeLucia will uh, will start the opener against uh, the Auburn Tigers. That Th- is a little interesting, not that he's starting. He was obviously going to start, but just how different Dylan's season has gone since the last time he saw the Tigers. He admitted multiple times throughout the season he was not as comfortable as a reliever, that he felt better as a starter for multiple reasons. And he, uh, he saw Auburn th- during that weekend as only a reliever. He was not starting yet. And on uh, March 17th, he allowed two runs, six hits, and 3.1 innings. He struck out five. He walked one at that point. He had a uh, an ERA of 6.55 on the uh, on the season. He came down about two and a half runs since then. The rest of the uh, the rest of the year, but he has seen the Tigers before. It did not go well, but a lot of different situations. As Neil said yesterday, there's a uh, there's not a ton you're going to take from series there in mid-March as we get to uh, get to the College World Series today. So. I talked to Peyton Chatney last night. That show is being processed as we speak right now. If you made me guess, it'll have to be reloaded because for whatever reason, every time we process it, the first time we process it, it doesn't load. We have to load it a second time. Anyway, um, he said that that game felt like it was last year. Oh, I could see that now. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Certainly can't speak for Auburn here, but I suspect Auburn's the same way. I don't. I don't think Auburn and Ole Miss are spending a whole hell of a lot of time reviewing that series as they prepare for Saturday. The only positive that it has, and Mike talked a little about this yesterday, is that now today they get to just go and start enjoying, and you know, yeah. it's a, you're trying to win a championship, but it's also kind of a party and it's a reward, sure, in a lot of ways. But that 24 to 36 hours right after you win until now is actually pretty chaotic. You're logistically there's all sorts of stuff flying around. You're trying to figure out where you're going and when and where you're staying and how many tickets and who's doing this and who's doing that, and that bleeds down into the coaching staff, not the players. They're just hanging out, but down into the coaching staff a little bit. And with the fact that you're playing Auburn, you've seen the pitchers, you've seen all these guys, you're not cramming scouting reports as much. Hey, we got that. Pull it up. Sure. Anything different. But it's not – versus if they were playing Stanford first, you're really scouring video today. You're right. doing tons of video. You're going to whatever the service is that provides that for you, and you're you're having to break down that. You're calling your buddies who played against them and you know, whatever. And, and even those that. two teams played against each other. Back in February. That's true. Yeah, so, so they've even you know, seen each other. They've at least done a scout on, on one another. So it's a refresher, and obviously they're different teams in June than they were in February, but, but they've played. Yeah, so that's the, that's the biggest thing at that point is that it, it helps a little bit at that uh, at that time. Uh, the best food in Omaha, Michael Adderholt's asking, best eats in Omaha. The best meal that I had actually was Italian, the Sol Mio um, I know everybody's crazy about the Drover. I get it. It's a little bit of a tourist thing. Um, there when you are people tell me that, that everybody's crazy about it, I immediately <laughs> go, I have no interest in going there. <laughs> they do like a whiskey marinade that everybody's like obsessed with. Um, but yeah, the, the best meal I had by far that, that week was in a, a little Italian restaurant uh, in Omaha. Yeah. My experience is if you really want to find the best restaurants, you ask the locals. You don't ask the tourist. You ask the locals. 
don't go to the Zagat guide and see what see what no. see what's the top thing and go from there. Yeah, see what gets it on Yelp. Talk to somebody who lives there and has lived there for a while, and preferably find. one. So when this circus isn't going on, where do you guys? Eat? Yeah, you preferably try to find one who. Hey, I know this is good for our economy, but I'll be glad when it's over. Type people. They're the ones that will give you the best <laughs> guidance. Oh, you know, there's people that dread these two weeks that live there. They sure. go, oh. Needed, fine, but... Sure. Because Omaha's economy is run on this, and I think Warren Buffett still holds most of his conferences there. Oh, is that right? At least in 14, somebody told me that. So whether it's true or not true eight years later, I don't know. But there's a... Yeah, there's a... There's that. There's a bonefish in Omaha? Well, we're cooking. Ready to go. How many Uh, nights in a row could you go to a steakhouse? For my palate or my pocketbook? What are we doing? Palate. Um, pocketbook's obvious. Yeah, I mean, I'm about two days of that, and I'm good. Yeah, it's two because, well, I mean, on a couple different reasons. If you're going to the steakhouse, are you really going? Hey, how's the chicken? Or the you know, like I, I'm sure there are some steakhouses that have some specialty that is some other protein. Sure. But for the most part, you're getting a steak. After about two, I'd like something else. Yeah, yeah. like oh, you know, we'll do the ribeye, and then we'll do the fillet, and then okay, like let's, I'm good. Yeah, let's right. move on, but. Because if you go back the third time, you would at least look at the menu probably and go, that pork can't be bad, right? And then you're going, okay, well, but why? What are we what, what are we doing? Why why, why that? You know, unless it's St. Elmo's, then we have the shrimp cocktail nine nights in a row. But otherwise... Yeah. That never gets old. I, I want to hate on them, but the cocktail sauce is so good. It is fantastic. That I go, you know what? I'm sorry. I get it. It's worth selling your soul. Not really, but anyway. <sighs> I mean, Omaha is known for steak, so everybody does the whole whatever. But yep. you know, yeah, I would stay away from fresh fish in Omaha, probably for the most part. I don't think that's the yeah. That fish has been on a plane for a while. It's yeah, it's it's been it's been freeze dried and packed in and, <laughs> yeah. and, and and headed your way at that. Uh, a lot of ocean front there in Nebraska. Grind is right. Yeah, if people go to Gulf Shores, the, the tourists they go to Lambert's because they throw rolls at you. That is the selling point to Lambert's is they throw rolls at yeah. you. Yeah. Big Lambert's guys. No, a lot of interaction. You got stuff going on. I took mean, the kids once when they were little. That, that's the extent of it. Pat said Buffett's favorite restaurant is Gorat's. If I'm mispronouncing it, I'm sorry. In Omaha. Okay. Sure. So, fan base wise, good many of them travel pretty good. It'll be pretty packed. I'm kind of doing the quick math in my head. That's a lot of fan bases that'll. It'll get there. Omaha can't be upset by that eight for the most part. No. Stanford by far the worst. I mean, you get Texas, you get Oklahoma, you get Texas A and M, you get Ole Miss, you, you get, get Notre Arkansas, Dame. you get Notre Dame. Yeah, it's that's, that's a, it's pretty sweet. I Auburn mean, will take some people. Yeah, I mean Auburn is probably the second to worst fan base traveling, and that's a fan base that will go. I mean, yeah. that's not that's that's cooking compared to what it could have been. You didn't want Connecticut, Southern Miss. You could have you could have done a much worse super regional. I would think that if you told them they could get rid of um, Auburn and Stanford fairly early in the tournament, they would ask no questions from that point forward. The Chamber of Commerce will be pulling for Arkansas and Ole Miss on Saturday, and then after that, they'd be like, "We're good." Yeah, y'all figure it out. Because you get Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A and M, Notre Dame on the other side, you're fine. Yeah, no matter what of those four, it's all it's all it's yeah. all gravy. Um, I'm guessing both Texas and OU would bring a ton of people if it got serious. Yeah, Grant says, what school will have the most fans there? 
I mean, Texas, Texas A and M, Oklahoma, OU, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. what you would expect. Pretty even though. I mean, honestly, the, the five I think SEC teams. Texas goes a pretty good bit, so I don't know. It's just such a big fan base. Yeah. But you're not going, oh, God, I have to go this no, year because they've been so if many If you times. told me 5,000 Texas fans. Like, I think I saw somewhere where I could have this wrong. I think I saw, because this is Ole Miss's sixth appearance, I think. Um, the seven schools outside of Texas have 38 appearances, and Texas has 38 appearances. Is that right? I, some, I saw that on Twitter. It could be wrong, but wow. I, I, I did see that somewhere. Yeah. It's a bunch. I think Auburn will have more than Stanford. Stanford's going to have the fewest number of fans. Yeah. I, I feel pretty confident. Well, there's no question. If you ask the Chamber of Commerce, you can get rid of one team. Who, who do you want gone? They'll say, let's get Stanford beat. Yeah. Because you need – there's a lot of that, that stadium taken up just by kind of locals, though. They kind of just come in and enjoy the week and whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's – that that entire stadium is not fully fans of all eight teams. Right. It's not like they converge in. Because for the most part, teams are not going to the day they're not in. You might go to the other game, but most of the time the fan base is going, Hey, let's go get dinner. Let's go to the Omaha Zoo's really good. Let's go let's take the kids to the zoo. Let's do this. Let's take some golf clubs, that kind of thing, and sort of kind of be a tourist outside of the stadium, um, past that uh past that day. I'd read a story about Mike, he tweeted on Sunday uh, a picture with Catherine, his his youngest daughter, um, who just graduated from Oxford High School because she was not in Omaha with him in 14. She was at summer camp. And he was talking about kind of getting the family uh, together for the first time for that because when he went to LSU, nobody was – I mean, none of the kids were born at that point. His last time at LSU was 97. Uh, but I, when I was doing that, I didn't realize that Rosenblatt had been gone so long. They, they, Rosenblatt got torn down in 2012. I did not remember it had been that point. Rosenblatt is not hosted or did not – its last College World Series hosting from a stadium standpoint was in 2010. So they've been at TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab now since uh, since that point. I did not realize it had been uh, it had been that long. But either way, yeah. So uh, I guess that's really baseball-wise. I'm trying to think of anything else, but that's the – that's the majority of it. We I have do in, in talking time. about orange like they're doing in the thread. I do like the burnt orange of Texas more than I like the Tennessee orange. It's not because well, it's more muted. It, yeah. it, it it's not popping at you like you're picking up trash on the side of the road. I mean, I don't typically like Texas a lot, but I like Texas's uniforms. I'm 100 percent in on their their uniform game is as good as anybody's, maybe better than anybody's. Their road football uniform is. Because of the white, it's your favorite. And, well, and this the helmet's really, really good, and the way that it, it, it's a it's a hell of a uniform. Ron asking why they moved it. I'm assuming you're asking about Rosenblatt. It was crazy outdated. I mean, it was a really old stadium. They needed an upgrade. They were trying to bring it into the century a little bit, and it's look, it's a. It's a beautiful park out and they there. They wanted to bring it's, it into the sta- into the city. Yeah, it's too. downtown yeah. too. Whereas Rosenblatt's kind of out a little bit. Uh, it's it's overall a net positive. You get it downtown. People can walk. They've got that village kind of out behind the thing. That's the College World Series festival sort of thing that's always going on. 
The negatives are that they took a pretty neat venue that had some character, and it is the most generic baseball stadium yeah. in the country. It's like they just took cookie-cutter parts and pieced them together for that park. I, I, I'm sure logistically it makes all the sense in the world, but it's kind of an ugly park that has no personality at all. Um, there's nothing about it that is noteworthy, but that's not the point. It was built for an event. Well, to the point of even, I think, trying to be fair, like even the dimensions, you know what I mean? Like yeah. we're not nothing. It, it's just putting a stadium down and y'all go play in the stadium. The only thing they probably did incorrect, and I'm sure there are plenty of reasons why architects would tell you this was necessary, is as been the case for so long, it's such a big, big park and the wind blows in so often that you almost kind of wish you could have turned it just a little mm-hmm. because it is just a, it's just wind in, 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 in all the time for the most part. Um, at this point of the year. So so that's the that's probably the biggest thing from that standpoint. But no look, good event. We'll see. Uh that bracket is wide open. I mean I somebody's got to go Owen too. It easily could be anybody on that side, but Ole Miss, Arkansas, Stanford or Auburn, somebody's playing for a national title out of those four teams. That's for certain at this point. Um not just Ole Miss getting in, but when when they looked around and saw who they were matched up again, I don't know that it could have gone much better. I mean, it was that's about as that's about as good as it could have gotten, other than UConn not winning a game three in Palo Alto. Yeah, I mean, it's wide open for all of them, frankly. Uh, Clemson has hired Eric Backich. Uh, that is the last baseball thing. Uh, he gets the job over Cliff. I think Cliff was second or third for that. Um, Coming from Michigan, obviously a name that was going to be in an Ole Miss search had it happened. There is no Ole Miss search now to the point that I needed to delete some things out of the admin in case I don't hit a wrong button at some point because that would be a problem. Um, so that's your, uh, you, that's your... Have you deleted some of the stuff in the... No, that's what I said. I have not yet. I probably yet. should because I, I almost did the other day. I, I, I hit... You know, you got to hit the button twice. I hit the button once for one of those content items the other day. I was like, Ooh, no, don't, don't do that. That would not be... I could really confuse the internet if I accidentally hit a hot board button today. Yeah. Um, that would be a problem. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so back is to Clemson. I got to assume Lincoln Jarrett will be the new coach at Notre Dame. I mean, sorry, at Florida State. He's currently at Notre Dame. Uh, and then Baylor is getting really close to naming their next head coach. It looks like Lane Burroughs is out. He was a finalist there. He tweeted a train or something yesterday. So I'm assuming that was college athletics version of I'm not going anywhere from, from Ruston. Uh, and Dan Fitzgerald, former Dallas Baptist, now an LSU assistant, he pulled out as well. So he is not he is not the hire. Also, so I don't know who it is, but it's not one of uh, one of those two. There's some small school guy that's been the head coach that used to be at Baylor. That's like the big time fan favorite. Worry me a little bit. He's been he like he literally is the coach of like a JUCO or a D two school mm. or something. I go hold on. Probably not, I, prob- I probably not the path I'd take. Yeah, I don't know that that's the. Which, I mean, look, the Big 12 is not really in the baseball business as much anymore. Texas and Oklahoma headed out. Yeah, that's true. Oklahoma State's the one benefit now. They go, hey, things running through Stillwater for a little while right now. Yeah, their problem's getting out of the NCAA tournament, not getting out of the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, Kansas is also looking for a coach, Mike Clement, uh, at least potentially an option there. He's from the Kansas-Iowa area up in that, in, in that, in that situation. He's been at Kansas State before. So potentially look for uh, some some Jayhawks uh, coming after uh, Clement. Potentially, I have no idea what he might do or might not do, but that is uh, that is that part of the coaching hire. So anyway, there's your baseball part. We'll move on in a second. First, about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processes processing is done in Memphis. So you're getting local underwriting and understand your market. 
leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Uh, we're also brought to you by Holcomb Portable Buildings, 7991 Highway 7 South in Holcomb. I have a hard time saying that. Every time I read, Holcomb. it looks like Holcomb. It does. You know, it just does. And so I'm thinking in my head. At Holcomb Portable Buildings, they custom build your building to your specifications, however you want your carport, ATV, or storage shed, barn, hunting cabin, or other buildings. Holcomb Portable Buildings can accommodate you. You pick the color, the style, the windows, and the doors, and they make it happen. In-house financing is available. It's free at delivery and set up within 75 miles of Holcomb. For more information, call 662-226-2233 or go to HolcombPortableBuildings.com or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Holcomb Portable Buildings. Father's Day is uh, just a few days away. And uh, Dead Soxy is the perfect gift for any budget. Whether as a gift or buying for yourself, Dead Soxy is excited to help you celebrate with style. Go to DeadSoxy.com. Take advantage of the site-wide 35% off sale. Stock up on a gift your feet will thank you for time and again. DeadSoxy.com. Promo code REBELGROVE for 30, 35% off your entire order. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. Warm-up patch used before or while you drink. Overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com. Uh, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout. But right now, that REBELGROVE20 will get you 50% off your purchase. So stock up for your summer, for the uh, CWS, summer vacation, all that stuff. If you're heading to the beach, whatnot. Uh, nothing nothing better than Game Changer Patch to make sure you still got energy that next day. Also brought to you by ACS. It's owned and operated by my buddy Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. They're a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much, much more. They can service and install Rockwell Automation, Allen Bradley, Siemens, ABB, Square D, and many other manufacturers. For more information or to get in touch with ACS, go to acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. Podcast is brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That's johnstonhillcreamery.com. Also go to their Instagram page and see Plenty of the items they have going on every single day, including their Father's Day box. It's got the uh, Mississippi Shake homemade cheese, home place pastures, charcuterie, jalapeno honey jam, mixed nuts, and a cheese knife for a great price. Call or email to pre-order. Pick up here uh, starting tomorrow, June 16th through June 18th. And that's johnstonhillcreamery.com, 662-419-9201. All their cheeses made locally and in-house every single day. Just off Molly Bar in Oxford on White Oak Lane. So I saw this and I thought it was, it kind of spurred my mind going a little bit. Uh, question in your mailbag from Champ87. Said in the past year, we've seen Kiffin lead the football team to a 10 and 2 season, Sugar Bowl, and top ranked recruiting class. Bianco has the baseball team in the College World Series, and both Coach Yo and Coach Traxel have gotten their respective teams in the NCAA tournament. The one program that's been lacking is the men's basketball team. There's success of other programs, but even more added pressure on Kermit. The answer is yes. Obviously, you wrote that. That is uh, that is the answer. When you have 
pretty much every sport doing well, one that is not, and when it's a high-profile sport, there's going to be more uh, eyes on that mm-hmm. at that point for, for sure. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny. We always, and we beat the dead horse, we talk about how much basketball matters, how much fans care versus other sports, where do you put it. I mean, it's good fodder. Frankly, you need to be good at everything, especially the top three or four sports that are on TV and rights and get you promotions through through, through different parts of your program. But, you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember, I guess it was the 12-month period in 13-14 is when Ole Miss went to the NCAA tournament. They beat Wisconsin with Marshall Henderson and Andy. They go to Omaha, finish third in the country, and then the football team with Freeze goes to the Peach Bowl and plays in an access bowl. That's the last time prior to this where you kind of had this type of multi-sport momentum. I mean, I mentioned on Henry's guys the other night that when you're just selecting amongst the two sports, Ole Miss and Notre Dame are the only two teams that have been in a, in a college football access bowl and the College World Series over the last uh, over the last year. But in some ways, I don't hear as much, and maybe I wouldn't, maybe I'm talking to you guys to give me feedback, people on the podcast. I don't feel like there's this every sport momentum going on inside the fan base like I did in 13 and 14. I feel like I kind of back then it was almost like, oh, wow, look at this rolling because – you know, look, everything had not come out completely about the NCAA probation stuff yet. That had not gotten going. I mean, it was, a, it was a pretty high time. Ross was early in his tenure. It was seen as a very successful hire because of not going in-house, going out, getting something different, plucking off at the time was a pretty, you know, an up-and-coming high-profile athletic director. It, it, it deteriorated quickly because of the NCAA investigation. But there was a moment there where that was certainly a high-water high mark in the modern era for Ole Miss Athletics. And in some ways, I think it's because basketball is such a major sport, and with it struggling, mm-hmm. you can't have that conversation. Because yeah. when I'm going through looking at this, and I just pulled up every sport at Ole Miss, and I don't remember exactly how everybody finished, but baseball's in the College World Series. Basketball, obviously, is very struggling on the men's side. Cross-country and track are very competitive and good at Ole Miss. They're nationally ranked. They have multiple national champions over the last year or so. The men's golf team's ranked. I think finished 14th in the country. It's a top 15 program and mm-hmm. a very hard job. Malloy's done a good job with that. Yeah, Chris has done a fantastic job. Men's tennis is fine. They're certainly lacking compared to where they were with Billy Chadwick. It is a program that needs to get better, but it's not like they suck. They're not terrible. They make the NCAA tournament most seasons or every season or whatever. It's not killing you. Um, and then on the women's side, they were in the they were in the women's basketball tournament. Again, cross-country, all that stuff good. Golf's one year removed from a national title. Had mm-hmm. tons of in- in- injuries. Still got back to the postseason. Rifle's really good for whatever that matters. Matt Mott was in the Sweet 16. Softball made the NCAA tournament. They're probably going to be a perennial, regional, super regional type team under Jamie Traxel. And the volleyball team went on a huge run and made the tournament. I mean, a, the turnaround for, uh, for for them has been fairly, fairly substantial and very quick and, and a hell of a story. So when you look at that, I mean, seriously, all sports-wise, there's never been a more successful time for Ole Miss athletics up and down the road because, frankly, Ole Miss struggled in a lot of Olympic sports over time other than men's tennis and a couple things. It's a clean sweep across the board where they're very nationally competitive except for men's basketball. And that's a huge black eye sitting there in the middle of it when everything else is on some sort of positive trajectory. Yeah, I mean, look, you can't say, oh, gosh, man, look at all the publicity we get nationally out of going to the College World Series, out of winning a Super (laughs) Regional, and then go, and basketball doesn't matter. No, that's that's illogical, it's nonsensical, it's inaccurate, it's not true, it's the whole, whatever word you want to use. It's, you've got to, 
you either have to be competitive in basketball or you have to be trying harder. Simple as that. It's nothing is football, but it's it's big. Like one of the questions I got was, is baseball going to become more mainstream? And my answer is kind of no, I don't think so, because the rest of the country, the national media doesn't focus on the college baseball regular season. Sure. And until it does, you're not mainstream. Sure. Should it? Probably. Different story, though. Does it? No, not yet. Um, But they do focus on men's basketball. The national media writes previews. They they show games in November that are frankly, you know, obsolete at that point. But they do. They show it. And so when you're not even remotely competitive in that sport, and two out of the last three years Ole Miss hasn't been, it's tough. And, yeah, it's a black eye. I haven't read the story. I saw where I think it's Parrish Alford wrote a story quoting Kermit about um, – NIL can be a positive for Ole Miss if the masses get involved. I have I need to read the story so I can put proper context on it. But yeah, the the ultimate answer is this is I would think this season coming up is as close to NCAA tournament or bust as you can get. Now, is it possible that they could be a team that did not make the NCAA tournament and it was good enough to continue? Sure. You better be really close, I would think. Like, really close. It it feels like if they don't make it, there better be a really damn good reason why, and it better be a trajectory that is so obvious. Or where that, you didn't make it, and, and everyone was generally screaming that you got screwed. It's going to be hard to do in this league. I mean, I, I had 10 thoughts. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I, I can't remember about the top half of this league is going to be pretty good. I, I think if we use Auburn as an example, they're going to have a really talented basketball team. And they're going to be preseason fifth, sixth. You know, I mean, Alabama's going to have a pretty talented basketball team. They're going to be in that same area. Arkansas, Tennessee are going to be really talented basketball teams, and neither one of them are going to be picked to win the league. And both of those teams are probably – threats to get to the final four that's a fascinating question that i don't have an answer for i have no clue and he would not tell me and he shouldn't tell me at this point because that only would sabotage his own program but pat asked if keith had known he was not buying out bianco would kermit have been let go i Ooh. can't say yes or no that's a really good question a really good question i'd have to <laughs> i'd have to give more thought to that yeah I mean, again, you're never going to get an answer, and you shouldn't. But my guess is, you're leaning no. He still would not have let him go. Yeah, that's my that's my guess. You think the decision was mostly done in a in a vacuum of basketball? I do. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I agree with you. But that look that does change the dynamics for sure. Sure, but the baseball thing was hanging over everybody all along. I mean. Mm-hmm. I mean, the narrative as early as last June was, okay, well, Omaha or bust, damn it. Yeah, sure. And that was there. That's why this week, I mean, I've had a couple of people try to be like snarky with us about, oh, you guys talked about it. I'm like, no, no, stop. Just, I'm telling you, we miss a few, but we didn't miss that. So just trust me. Yeah. Not going to hear it. 
in for the most part, credit to you guys because you said the whole time, hey, I don't care what the regular season looks like, just make it. And you hung it okay. Like, it was it was rough there for a moment, but... Because, of course, it goes like that, right? You don't just go 45 and 12 and whatever and whatever. No, you're 7 and 14 at one point. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's... Hey, he's exercising demons every day, just running down the list. I had a buddy text me this morning and goes, I mean, he's going to get to beat Arkansas. You've you, you avenge 19, you do this, maybe they get Texas in the final, you go back to 05. I mean, it's just the hits keep coming right there on Mike's, right there on his racket to run down the run down the whole thing. It could happen. Somebody's got to win the damn thing. I mean, I was listening to Kendall Rogers and Aaron Fit a little yesterday, and as they were recapping every Super Regional and kind of giving some early thoughts, and every time it goes, well, Tennessee's gone. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Aaron Fitt believes there's a lots of similarities between this Ole Miss team and potentially that 2015 Virginia team that won the national championship. Sure. They were a they were both top five teams, uber talented, that hit really rough stretches, got into the NCAA tournament as three seeds, and then got hot as hell in the postseason. Um I've told you many times, times I'm always I'm always interested by teams who appear to have sort of found new life. There's a freedom to that. You know? There's a few that stick out in my mind. And a couple people asked me. Ole Miss, Oklahoma. Yeah, for sure. Arkansas. All kind of found new life, playing with this new confidence, kind of like, everybody said we were done. Because apparently the Oklahoma deal, everybody said they were done at one point. And they got- the Arkansas team has rallied around that radio thing that happened with Michael Did Turner. they really? Yeah, that's been a big, really? been a big thing internally. It's allowed them to put this big chip on their shoulder that almost goes everybody, even you guys. Because some radio ca- yeah. hack didn't. Yeah. I mean, you find whatever you can find. I mean, whatever. But, I mean, come on. All right. They've he used did it. crucify him. He was bad. <laughs> it was not and they've bad. used it, and it worked. And so, you know, if, if you use it and it works, then you, you should probably continue to use it. You know, they're doing the whole we're glad we're not at home thing. We're glad we got to do it on the road, blah, blah, blah. We weren't appreciated. Whatever rallies you. And so I always And when take, you step back, you go, oh, come of course, on. Of course. Of I course. Mean, yeah. Well, it's like anybody at Ole Miss who said, well, you know, we, we took unfair criticism. No, you didn't. You went from number one to seven and 14. Of course you were going to get criticized. But they well, rallied, and that makes them, to me, it makes it, it's one of the reasons that I think Ole Miss is so dangerous. Well, it's what, I mean, and speaking of, I mean, people can listen. It's the D1 Baseball Podcast yesterday, but that's what they were talking about. Kendall and Aaron both had kind of picked out Ole Miss and Arkansas of they found life, they got hot, and hey, guys, they're not the little engines over here. Right. Like, they're incredibly talented baseball right. teams. It's not cute. Right. I mean, it, it's it's a deal where, because, I mean, Jacob Gonzalez is the top 2023 prospect in the College World Series. Yes. I mean, this is not. Yes, Jacob Gonzalez is going to play in the major leagues. Yeah. Caden Wallace is going to play in the major leagues. I mean, there's 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 talent. On they were arguing teams. about Ole Miss and Arkansas, which one had a higher ceiling. But neither one would be surprised if either one of them made it to the finals. Um, at that, I mean, frankly, I mean, depending on whatever Stanford's doing or not doing right now, they would be the favorite. Kendall thought Arkansas had a little bit of a higher ceiling. Aaron thought Ole Miss had a little bit of a higher ceiling. But it's flip a damn coin. They're very I mean, similar. I mean, be, frankly, Delusia and Nolan are very similar. I'll be I'll be I will be surprised if either Ole Miss or Arkansas is not in the final. I know everyone's going with Stanford. Stanford has not played as well down the stretch. Well, and they're supposed to pitch, and they haven't pitched. They've they, had to save themselves offensively. They have not played as well down the stretch, and 
both Ole Miss and Arkansas have sort of solved some bullpen issues of late. And yeah, there's a lot of similarities between Nolan and Delusia. I remember telling you is when I was kind of being critical of Ole Miss not using Delusia early. I watched it was a night where I think Ole Miss was playing Mississippi State on a Thursday, and Arkansas and LSU were playing on a right. Thursday. Yes, and I was out in Tupelo walking the track, walking and walking and walking, and I was flipping back and forth on my phone between those two games. And I told you that those three pitchers were all the same. Yeah, it was Hilliard and, and Nolan. Yeah, I was like, they're all the same. They're exactly the same dude. And two of them are recognized aces, and Ole Miss can't figure it out. I was almost kind of frustrated with it. Because like Delusia and Nolan are the same guy. And if you look at their stuff, they're kind of the same guy. Hilliard throws that big loopy curveball, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the Nolan and Delusia, there's not a lot of throw difference. a lot of strikes, fastball, slider, throw about compete. the same stuff. Yeah, they compete. They kind of hard nosed kids, tough. They're very similar. Yeah. So I pulled it up. We're jumping all over the place, but that's fine. Uh, and I've only got the three quotes are in the story. Again, this is from djournal.com. Parish last night in Tupelo for Rebel Road Trip. Uh, this could be a great opportunity for Ole Miss to jump ahead. If you sit here and bellyache and hope it goes away, that everything's going to change. There may be some parameters around it, but it's not going away. Um, talking about NIL, obviously, at that point, he says Ole Miss basketball can be, quote, really, really competitive in the NIL game. He says recruiting isn't only about NIL. Prospects ask questions, and he answers them the best he can. It's not 100% NI- or 1,000% NIL. That's part of it, sure, but it's still your campus, your face, your facilities, the families, and how they feel. There's still a lot that goes into signing players, but big gifts are great. We need the masses to join in. I think that's the nature of the Ole Miss family, and I have a lot of positive thoughts that will happen. So he was stumping. He was campaigning. He is uh, he is promoting that you can't just rely on the, the mega donations, that they need uh, more grassroots-type donations to get that done. That has been a difficult thing at most schools. You know, Florida and that huge athletic story yeah. was talking about how it just doesn't raise – to that level it requires it's it you know it's funny because i get asked all the time hey what's going on with Ole Miss baseball and nil and i'm like yeah some small stuff and i'm not aware of anything overly major and everybody can't really understand why because of how whatever but at the end of the day people don't necessarily do these monthly donations subscribing and just hand their money away like that like it's this great thing in theory and you do yeah. the math and you go hey you know it only takes a hundred thousand at ten dollars, and they've got this. You know what I mean? It's sure. like, well, but or you know they'll go twenty five thousand at forty dollars, and you go. Well, I don't okay. know if you've heard, but gas prices are more expensive, which means it's cost more for the truckers to move the the goods. Grocery store it's more expensive. Everything's more expensive. People just that whole hey, let me give you fifteen dollars a month. That's also the very first thing that gets cut out of the budget. That's why for years we've told everybody, hey, if you're going to do a uh, subscription to Rebel Grove, please just do the annual because that's only one big fight, not 12 small fights. Right. If you do the monthly, then, I mean, really, is it a fight at all? I mean, it's well, less than. I we're, mean, the, we're the only thing that. Inflation, inflation does doesn't not, exist. It doesn't happen with us. No. We, we're, we are inflation proof, apparently, at rebelgrove.com. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I get what Kermit was doing. I mean, the column doesn't say anything overly compelling, but that's. Yeah, sure. 
He's got to put a product on the floor this year that either wins or is close to winning and is really entertaining. If you're going to get the people. It better be whatever the basketball version is of that 6-6 six and six team that everybody loved and went, oh, wow, it's coming. Yeah. And even that. I don't know. Here's his problem. Being honest. Yeah. And I think people, for the most part, over there are pissed at me because I've been honest. Um, his problem is that you've got baseball now where you just came off a season where, for the most part, the stadium was just jam-packed. And it will be jam-packed next year. And it will be insane next year, no matter what happens over the next – They're going to go sell 8,000 season tickets. Yeah, no matter what happens over the next 11, 12 days, it's going to be crazy again next year. And football's going to be packed. Because people – I mean, Lane Kiffin right now can do no wrong – He's winning. He's marketing the program in a way that I think people like. All of those things. It's a it's a fairly attractive home schedule. It's going to be a lot of people there. I think they're going to be an entertaining team. I think they're going to be a good team that's got a chance to be a really good team. So you're going to have all those crowds. And in between that, you've got this basketball environment that last year was it was bad. And everybody can you can spin that and say that it wasn't, but it was bad. There was nobody there. It was kind of quiet. Sometimes from where we sat on press row, you could hear people's individual conversations down below you. For SEC games, when I mean, there were games against South Carolina, Alabama, Arkansas. I'm not talking about games against Arkansas State, no, no. South Carolina State. I'm talking about games against SEC opponents where there just wasn't anybody there. And it was kind of quiet where the other team's fans that were there were like, what's going on? Something going on? And when you're stuck in between two programs with so much momentum on the calendar, it looks glaring. It's not that everybody's kind of mediocre, but you've got, you know, Sugar Bowl. I mean, Ole Miss, barring some crazy meltdown in mid-October, when basketball is heating up. Now, look, they got to they got to navigate that second half of the season. But when basketball starts, there's a very good chance Ole Miss is like sixth in the country in football because the schedule. Yeah. we know pole dynamics from Ole Miss right. baseball. If you're six and zero oh and they beat Kentucky that day, and by the end of the season, there's a decent chance that the baseball team is ranked sixth in the country. Yeah. So, it's, so like, it's just it's very tough. And <laughs> and Ginger makes a great point in the thread. She does. I mean, nobody nobody wants to go political here, and this isn't political, but you're even doing it more in this environment. If the gas price prices stay the same, if the price of groceries stays the same, if we go through a recession, which appears likely, people have choices to make, Chase. Hey, if I'm coming up for football, I might have to back off some of the other. Or if I'm coming up for baseball, I can't come for the basketball. I can't get season tickets to all three sports. Who am I cutting? Right. Well, it's a pretty that's a pretty obvious thing right now, unless you've got some other you know, unless unless there's other factors to it. I mean, that's real for the average family. If the if the if you used to be able to fill up the F one fifty for fifty dollars, and it now costs you one hundred and twenty five. And if the price of goods is up 13 to 17% at the grocery store, and that's the deal, well, feeding little Johnny and little Jenny is more expensive than it used to be. Driving them around to get them to Johnny's baseball practice and Jenny's soccer practice or Johnny's soccer practice and Jenny's cheerleading practice or whatever the case may be is more expensive now. 
sitting in the carpool line every afternoon is more expensive now. Everything, those decisions get made. And if, if, if your product that you're putting on the floor or the field or whatnot is not attractive and it's not fun and it's not winning, it's real easy for people to go, hey, we just can't afford this. Much less donate to NIL. That's a crazy stat. And, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It says in here, she says, it's cheaper to go to New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl than it was to go to Oxford for a game. Somebody who lives four hours north. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Are you really coming up for a basketball weekend if you're like the team's not competitive and the or not winning and the arena's not much fun? And when you're like, hey, we could just wait six weeks and come to the baseball series. Because mm-hmm. just four weeks ago, we went to the Citrus Bowl. If you're not winning and you're not fun, and they weren't fun to watch last no, year, if you're not one of those things, it's pretty iffy. Yeah. Podcast brought to you in part by Prime Shrimp. PrimeShrimp.com, $20 off your first order with Prime Shrimp. Five, five different flavors. They've got the two most recent new ones, including Simply Shrimp, which you can flavor yourself. It's great for kids. Season it with whatever you like or people with a little more, uh, we'll call it discerning of a palate. Also, the garlic herb butter, which is kind of a meal in a bag for you. Ten minutes. And it goes from freezer to plate, restaurant-quality shrimp, ready to go for you. Also, the Louisiana Shrimp Bowl, the Signature Blend, kind of a garlic blend, and the French Quarter Alfredo, which is throw over pasta and have a complete meal. So that's Prime Shrimp, primeshrimp.com, $20 off. Again, your first order with the code MPW. Brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. Lamons has been serving the Oxford area for um, more than 73 years. From engagement rings to wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fascist ju- fashion jewelry, not fascist jewelry, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry and collectibles. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at lamonsfinejewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We'll have a hand raise, guys, up tomorrow. It's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer. 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. We'll have a post-game show up on Saturday night, win or lose. Uh, that's brought to you by the College Corner. It's your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com, plus you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Whether you're tailgating in Oxford or home gating with friends and family, the College Corner has you covered for game day. Largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Martin is on vacation this week, so no uh, mind on my money this week. But you can still go to mypinwealth.com and get in touch with the people at Pinnacle. Uh, They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. Again, mypinwealth.com. John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis is the guy to go to if you are trying to make a special trip, one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Just get in touch with John, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and uh, let him give you some options. And know this, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services, 901-494-3387 or jedwards at regencytravel.net. 
And we're brought to you by Opa, Oxford's newest restaurant on the historic square. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, a candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the Square Courthouse in Oxford. And if you are shopping for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And as Chase mentioned, I've got a mailbag up at rebelgrove.com. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. Podcast also brought to you by Northeast Spark, N-E-S-P-A-R-C, service people across rural communities, two packages, the 100 Mbps, that's Ignite, for the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio, your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's nespark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service available, portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender, and much more. So call the office for details. Get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. Uh, let's see. I guess that's kind of it from that. I'm scanning through the... Uh, the mailbag, which has plenty of different topics, including how to pass kidney stones all the way to uh, the health the athletic department. So um, there's plenty of uh, plenty of stuff in there right now uh, for your uh, for your perusal. <clears throat> so I had this picked out. I saw it this morning when I was just kind of glancing through to see what in the world we were going to talk about because it's getting close to summer, and other than a baseball tournament, there's not a lot going on. Is this deal that Apple has going on with MLS? So we know that streaming services are getting more involved in, in professional sports and sports broadcasting in general as, uh, you know, Amazon has got this going on with the NFL right now, um, different, different outlets trying to, get, trying to get involved. So Apple is signing what the Athletic called a historic media rights deal on Tuesday, and it changes a ton of how it's going to be consumed in America. It brings in a lot of cash. It's at least $2.5 billion over 10 years. Again, that's the total number over mm -hmm. a 10-year period. Um, but what's more interesting is it sets a possible new roadmap for how sports TV deals are done in the future. The Apple deal is going to bring MLS, Major League Soccer, for anybody under a rock, $250 million per year, up from the 60 to $65 million it currently gets from its deals with ESPN, Fox, and Univision. So we're talking about a 400% increase for MLS. Apple will not be the exclusive home for MLS games, too. ESPN and others are still negotiating deals to broadcast smaller games and game packages going forward. So that's what's kind of crazy is, before it's all said and done, I think the MLS is going to have five times what it is getting now. I think the, the, the total deal from all those different channels or broadcast partners are going to be somewhere around $300 million per year when they're all done. They're going to create their own streaming service within the Apple TV framework. You will not have to be an Apple TV Plus subscriber to access the app, uh, but existing Apple TV Plus subscribers can watch select Apple MLS broadcasts throughout the year without paying for the separate streaming service. Here's one thing for you, too. They're going to have all these games available, and baseball can learn something. Zero blackouts. Every yes. game yes. is available. So if you live in the Nashville market, you can watch Nashville. You don't you don't get blacked out because it's available on some other. So my question network. is, 
the regional money and the TV networks is so high, and that's what's made baseball profitable, and the reason mm-hmm. why it is a, a model that works. Is this something baseball could follow, or is it too far down the road in the other way with the regionality of it? Something they need to follow. They've got to get away from the blackout thing. I think it turns off fans. I've talked to fans of multiple teams who are like, you know, the package isn't worth it if you can't watch your team. Yeah. I mean, Apple's showing every MLS regular season and League Cup matches starting in 2023. Every one of them. Yeah. Which shows you also that Apple thinks that MLS is going to grow to whatever level. Yeah. Because it is going to grow. Yeah. It's also including select games from MLS Next Pro, MLS's Developmental League, and MLS Next. It's Academy Circuit. I know nothing about those yeah. things, but either way. None of those things. It's that's Or your diehard, sure. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, your diehard who watches G League, for example. Same thing. The diehard soccer guy will watch MLS Next. But look, at the risk of, because this pisses people off for some reason. MLS is starting to have some success. And again, it's a long way away from being mainstream. But the fact that Apple's invested in it like this tells you that they're getting, they think their view, they view this as kind of getting in on the ground floor and also at the same time exploring the possible future of the way people consume sports. We've talked about this. Watch young people. Young people watch on this, man. They do. And they stream everything. More and more, people are going to get away from these packages. I mean, NFL's even flirting with like different things that are happening with streaming and stuff. Um, it's, the, when it it's, a, it's going to be a big topic of conversation, frankly, at SEC Media Days. The only day that is truly going to be newsworthy is the first day. Because mm-hmm. Greg Sankey's going to talk about the TV deal. And they're going to be talking about ways to incorporate streaming. The SEC was ahead of this with the SEC network and stuff, but there's going to be – that's something I guarantee you they're exploring. There's a comment in the thread. Joseph says, I think the NFL is making a huge mistake putting Thursday night games on Prime Video. That is going to be your biggest – because it's the king, going to be your biggest trial balloon of what this looks like. Because you're talking about something that's pretty substantial. Um, Thursday night games. I mean, an NFL fan does not want to miss his game in any way. He is going to watch all 17 Mm -hmm. appointment viewing for the most part, barring something pretty substantial. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the two kings in college sports – or sorry, sports in general, the NFL and college football are because shorter seasons, mm-hmm. every game matters, and it is appointment viewing for those 17 games. Sure. Or how many ever games that no, you want If you're play. a Saints fan, you watch the Saints, those 17 games. Yeah. Your schedule comes out and you go, okay, well, that's a night game, that's a day game, yeah. I can do this, I can do this. You do that. That's what happens in your head. We play at 325 on Sunday, I'm building my day around 325 Sunday. So and I will watch it, it however on Prime I have to. Video, look. There's a lot of people that have Amazon Prime, but it's not some huge number, like relative to anybody who is a college football fan or an NFL fan anywhere. I'm fascinated by what numbers that's going to bring because it is a, a huge shift. It is so foreign to what we are used to. Yeah, that 
it's kind of. I mean, I know they've been flirting with things in the past. They've done some some dual programming and whatnot, but an exclusive stream is still still kind of out there a little bit. I mean, it's that's that that's different to be a weekly thing like that. So I'm from a sports business standpoint, I'm as fascinated by NFL's Thursday night situation as I am anything going on. Yeah, what that looks like, yeah. what those numbers do, what kind of uptick Amazon sees or doesn't see. Well, to ignore, and you're smart enough to not ignore it, to ignore what Apple's doing with MLS as kind of a guinea pig, for lack of a better word, would be stupid. And, and again, the people who are in their 20s today, 10 years from now, will be in their 30s. You, you understand how that works. They're not going to change. That's why newspapers are completely dead. Yeah. Walk around a neighborhood. The only people that have newspapers laying on the ground are old people. Well, it's like James says, Amazon Prime has way more subscribers than Apple TV. Yeah, no doubt. But football is also way bigger than soccer. Sure. That's my point. But yeah, no, I mean, hell, everybody who wants free two-day shipping has Amazon Prime. That's not, right. That's a, that's a big number. Sure. It's a massive number. And there's going to be a lot of people who add Apple TV. Apple TV will gain from this. There will be people who watch MLS who will go to Apple, add an Apple TV account now. I mean, frankly... And I'm one of them. I mean, we're still direct TV subscribers, but I question why every month. Why are we why are we doing this? Everything everything that I want to watch is available elsewhere. That's true. I mean, now everything. And so if you subscribe to Apple Plus and you subscribe to Amazon Prime and you subscribe to Netflix or Hulu or YouTube or whatever, do you even need it? Is it even convenient? For the person who's not just obsessed with tweeting in real time. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest negative. Yeah. And that's, I mean, whatever. That's up to you whether that matters or not. I mean, I can't remember the last time I tweeted in real time. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's... Yeah, some people hate that Twitter updates a minute before you see the play because it's streaming. But there's fewer people seeing it faster when... People drop cable, like the number of people right. that are willing to see it faster, other than official accounts and people at the game, obviously, which is the problem. But that's the uh that would be your hang up there in that in that that avenue. So But yeah, I mean I th- I thought it was an interesting story in a number of ways. You know, if I'm gonna watch the Cubs, I want to watch the Cubs broadcast, right? And the Cubs are in Cincinnati or St. Louis or someplace that's six, eight hours from here, Atlanta. And I have to watch their broadcast. And their broadcast is fine. It doesn't matter. But if, I, if I'm keeping up with my team and I want to know what's going on with my team, I want to hear the guys who broadcast my team every day because they're going to be focused on my team. Some kid's about to get called up. There's an injury. Um a trade, trade rumors, right? If I'm watching a game near the trade deadline and there's rumors that the Cubs, for example, are going to trade Wilson Contreras, if I'm listening to the Cardinals broadcast, well, quite frank, quite naturally, they're not going to be focused on that. If I'm listening to the Cubs broadcast, they are. And if you tell me, well, you can't listen to the Cubs, you can't watch the Cubs broadcast because it's not in your viewing market, it's a turnoff. And streaming, I would guess, would a deal like what Apple Plus has, that would go away. I'd be able to watch my my broadcast crew every day. Speaking of, um, 
Amazon announcing that Richard Sherman, the uh, NFL defensive back, joining their Thursday night crew. Says he's still leaving the door open for a potential return to the field, although that has not come out yet, but he has been added to their uh, 2022 coverage, which, again, they have exclusive coverage of Thursday Night Football on Prime Video with uh, the lead call for that going to Al Michaels and Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet. So they will uh, head up your Thursday night call for uh, for that. Who's taking over Herbstreet spot on college football? That's a good question. I don't know. He won't be part of the game day thing anymore either, will he? I don't guess. I mean, I haven't seen his specifics, but I would assume not. I don't know. I don't know. Kind of an opportunity for them to move on from Corso, right? Because Herb Street's kind of been the guy that's – He's the caretaker in a way. Yeah. Auburn baseball yesterday tweeted out the uh, <clears throat> preseason standings and then their dog pile in Omaha because they were picked last in the SEC West. So the preseason standings, the top two went to Omaha and the bottom two went to Omaha in the SEC West. Ole Miss, A&M and Auburn? Yes. Arkansas and Ole Miss were picked first and second in the league at 80 and 77 votes. And A&M and Auburn were picked sixth and seventh in the SEC West at 36 and 22. Herb Street, by the way, is staying on game day, according to both jo- Joseph King and Wade. Oh, I'll okay. take their word for it. I'm not a yeah, game sure. day person. I haven't watched it in years. But – I find Corso's presence on there to almost be painful. Yeah, I know. It's sad at this point. Mm-hmm. I did not realize, I did not remember that Alabama was actually ranked ahead of A&M and Auburn in the preseason poll. Yeah. I mean, it didn't matter at all, yeah. but I just, I had not, I did not remember that being a trendy thing that Alabama was going to be better than those potential teams. So, so Herb Street's going to do the Amazon game and then and he's going to do the ABC ESPN game oh, and okay. game day. Sure. Have a busy weekend. Yep. Going to make a lot of money. Yep. Podcast brought to you in part by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer med packs that will individually package your medication for those who need that extra step, need to help parents with that. It's a very important thing. You get your morning pouch, your evening pouch, and just take whatever's in it. You'll have everything you need when you need it in one place with Tyson Drugs and Holly Springs or G&M here locally in Oxford. Again, that is 662-236-2222. Brought to you by Service Specialist <clears throat> Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. Whether you're on the job hunt or whether you are looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, Service Specialists can help you. Keep in mind that it's always free for the um, the job prospect, and it's always um, basically free for the, the ser- companies as well, in, unless you hire and only if you hire a candidate that they send. So, in other words, you've got nothing to lose. So, give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. As I mentioned earlier, the Peyton Chatney Show will be up uh, later this morning, later today, I, sh- I hope. It's brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. That's the perfect something for everyone. At the Rogue, all the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental's helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners 
are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Uh, Bell & Grove is based out of Chattanooga. They are a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They uh, specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. They can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs, whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a uh, partial shipment, or a flatbed. Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. For more information, call Daryl Oliver, 865-672-6557. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. A lot offered at Southern Traditions, including horseback riding, Offerings from beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to buying your first horse, competing at nationally recognized competitions. Uh, get in touch with them. It's also camp season going on this entire month of June, Monday through Friday, 830 to 2. Get in touch with Susan Walt, Bowers Cone, by going on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. So, a couple things here. Um, one... U.S. men's national team scores in the 90th minute last night to have a draw with El Salvador. See the field last I did night? Not. Whatever the worst football turf you've seen from a damage standpoint looked pristine compared to what was going on to the point that I'm surprised I didn't pull them off the field. If I'm wow. if I'm the national team, I would have gotten them off the field. That's Pulichick and all those guys out there. Yeah. It was really bad last night. Where was Where was the game? I have no idea. It was terrible. I guess it was in El Salvador now that I'm looking at it, maybe. Uh, World Cup field finally set. Costa Rica winning one nothing over New Zealand, so that was the last uh, last bid for that. Uh, yeah, Jordan Morris had a header in the 90th minute to, uh, to tie the game, but the field was the story. I mean, it was, it was really, really bad. Not the time to tear an ACL. Yeah, because those games are going to be played November, December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, five months. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can read it online a couple different places, but I thought it was at least worth mentioning here just from we're having kind of a day of business. Is Ken Rosenthal was talking about, everybody's been talking about Aaron Judge's contract situation, but how do you even place a value on Shohei Otani at this point with his offense is pitching yeah um he is uh he's in the last season of a two-year deal worth just eight and a half million dollars um he's already agreed to an extension correct or he's under he team control for one more for one arbitration year before hitting the open market in late 23 Ooh. his age 29 season what's his overall value sign me up we don't really have a compens- a comparison for some i'm reading from rosenthal here we don't really have a comparison for someone who's a generational pitcher and hitter. At the plate, Otani's peak came last year when he hit 46 home runs and had a 152 weighted runs created. It's a little higher than what Mookie Betts, he of the $30 million annual average value contract, has posted this year. As a pitcher, his XFIP, 2.83, is in line with Kevin Gosman's $22 million AAV is producing. 
Of course, it's not as simple as adding those two numbers together, giving Otani $50 million per year. But he reports his reps are asking for a higher salary than Scherzer's league-leading 43.3, and Otani is probably worth it. Yes. Sign me up. So his comps is offensively he is in Mookie Betts' range, and then pitching he is in Kevin Gosman's range from a money standpoint. What he brings to your franchise, especially one that's more relevant than the Angels. Like if you put Shohei Otani on the Yankees, the Red Sox, Cubs, what's he worth to the game? What's he worth to that franchise? What's he worth to ticket sales? To, to Rosenthal is, is hesitant to believe the Angels will pay it considering they have Trout's $426 million contract and Anthony Radon's $245 million contract on the books. I know who's enamored with him, and I know who's got a bunch of money coming off the books in the next two years. Who's that? The Cubs. If he's going to play in L.A., he's playing for the wrong organization. And the Angels are 29 and 34. Interesting. I mean, the Yankees would pay it, and it'd be worth it for them. Rosenthal believes that it's actually more likely, or at least it's a possibility, that he signs a record deal and the Angels move Mike Trout. Really? Shohei's probably worth more from an endorsement standpoint than Trout is, despite the fact that Trout might be the best player who's ever played yeah, the game. Yeah, he says something that feels weird to type. If Otani signs a record deal to stay with the Angels, it could mean the club moves Trout at some point. Wild. That's what I was thinking, too, that Capital One Bowl with the terrible turf. Yeah. Ole Miss almost played in that game. They did, yes. They were a win away. They were a, they were a Dan Mullen day away. That's true. How old is Mike Trout? That's a good question. I don't know. 28? Still young, still in his prime. 30. 30. Yep. August 7, 1991. Six foot two. Yeah. God was good to him. He got he went through the line twice. Yeah. He went through a lot of the lines yeah. twice. Shohei did also. Yeah. Shohei spent oh, several God. several spent a lot of time in different He lines. took a week. I mean yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a deal. <laughs> there were some times where God said, Just hold up, spending some extra time on this one. Looks like they're going to do another aircraft carrier game, this one between Michigan State and Gonzaga in basketball in okay. November. Um, as the jokes have come, Michigan State apparently has a uh, a monopoly on that. There have been four of them. They've played in two. Oh. Um, so Gonzaga, Michigan State, if you give a crap. And then um, the the uh, Stanley Cup final is, uh, is set between Tampa Bay and Colorado. When does that get started? Uh, let's see. Tonight, 7 o'clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, one of the more anticipated Stanley Cup finals in recent memories as uh, you get two pretty good damn good teams. The champions with the Lightning and then the Avalanche who have been awesome also. And the Avalanche have this funny, almost like following everywhere. Really? I guess it's their uniforms and stuff and they're North American. I don't, I don't know. They have a huge... They um, are a minus 190 favorite. They say slight favorite, but 190 is not that slight. I mean, it's not it's two that to slight. one. That's kind of big. Yeah. 
that feels um the athletic points out bonus beef points go to lightning winger pat maroon a St. Louis native who said Tuesday he can't stand Avalanche owner Stan Kroenke who moved the Rams from St. Louis to Los <laughs> Angeles in 2016. That's good. So, the NHL reporting staff for the Atlantic is split uh, through Athletic, not Atlantic, Atlantic. It's split three to one in favor of the uh, in the Avs. The Atlantic probably not spending a lot of time on the NHL finals. No, I don't think so. Colorado in six is what the Athletic says. So there okay. is your... Uh, All right. There's your Stanley Cup update uh, for all the people that really care about that. Again, uh, guest heavy rest of the week here on the uh, MPW Digital Network, the Oxford Exxon podcast. We'll be back with you in the morning. We'll have a hand raise, guys, for you tomorrow also, and then cover com of whatever's going on between uh, the different sports and getting ready for the College World Series. Ole Miss again starting against Auburn 6 o'clock on Saturday evening in Omaha, Nebraska. So take care. Have a good day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.